Welcome to the North Florida Wrestling Show, where the conversation never leaves the map. Today, Florida Highs coach Clay Allen discusses passion, Cam Brown, and not trading the pain for the dance. Stay with us. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again. Um, man, I'm super excited for this show. Uh, man, I can't believe we have it rolling so far and so much reception. Thank you to everybody that has been you know, listening um, and reaching out to me and my dad. We definitely appreciate it. Um, man, dad, I can't believe it's, it, you know, it's going so well so far. Man, how you doing? How you dealing with the whole thing? Yeah, I'm um, a little surprised by the, the number of listeners so far. Um, you know, we've started this to uh, further the sport and perpetuated and uh, bring on guests such as our guest today um mr clay allen who i've known for several years um very very passionate about his um his sport does a great job at uh, now florida high um and you know as well as a comrade i consider him a friend as well see him quite often throughout the season and have admired his his work at florida high and um, interested to get in and pick his brain. So we're going to go ahead and just start off and get into it. Um, Clay, first thing I want to touch on is the um, the surge of clubs in our area um, from the Panhandle all the way to Tallahassee and this new format that is kind of on the horizon, this war zone rapid bracket uh, format. And I believe that there was a tournament at your school uh, about a week ago. If that is true, give us some uh, some details and insight on how that went and how you feel about this surge. Yeah, so thanks for having me on today. Um, yes, so this Rapid Brackets war zone thing, um, Jason Westlager, which you guys had um, on you know a couple of days ago, Jason and I have been, ever since uh, COVID, kind of started working together a little bit on uh, our clubs and things like that. And so Jason and I kind of have a little bit of a partnership. And about a year ago, maybe a year and a half, he reached out to me. I was up uh, over the summer and he reached out and said, hey, you know, I've got this new tournament format that I found from this guy up in uh, New York. It's this, it's this, uh, deal where you can set start and ending times and kids can get as many matches as they want in a two-hour format and I've got this meeting set up to talk to him would you be interested in in having a conversation and then maybe getting this guy to come down and run a tournament for us and so you know of course when Jason's telling the telling the story and explaining how this stuff works to me I'm sitting there going like there's no way like there's no way that that this can be real and Jason's like well you uh, you know, let's just, let's have a conversation with the guy and find out. And so we do, <clears throat> we have a conversation with him. We talk to him. And even after the conversation itself, you know, where Jason Layton, the creator of this software is telling us, you know, you set these two hour blocks and everything gets sent to the, to the cell phones and there's no calling bouts. There's no handwriting bouts. There's no putting it on track wrestling or anything like that. The parents register their athletes. They get the messages to report it's it's seamless. It's easy. It it all just seemed like there's got to be a catch somewhere, right? Like, and if there's not a catch, then this has got to be the most expensive software in the history of ever. And there wasn't a catch. It was not an expensive software. It's a humongous fundraiser, and it is probably the easiest. As somebody who hosts a lot of events, it is probably the easiest format to run 
as a as a tournament host. Uh, you know, you all you have to do is say, "Yep, I'm doing this tournament." Um, the people sign up for it, and and pretty much you have the weigh-ins. You put a person or two at the table, and everything else is taken care of for you. And so I actually joked with Jason after we hosted the first one last spring uh, and this, or maybe the spring before that, and this thing started kind of blowing up then, I had kind of joked with them as people started wanting to host more and more and more. I said, you know, this this is a good problem to have, but we're going to have people flood the market because what used to happen is, is people kind of hesitated to want to host things uh, because there's a lot of work when you're the host. You got to set up match. You got to get people to sign up. How are you going to do the sign up? You know, you got to do weigh-ins. You got to handwrite routes. So you got to put it on track wrestling or all this other stuff. And now you're taking out all that hard work and you're making this a super simple thing for somebody to host an event that gets the kids tons of quality matches. And we're, we're taking care of the biggest problem that we have in our sport, and that is getting young kids to come out and stay out throughout, you know, all the way from elementary all the way through high school. You know, it's just, it's a hard sell in Florida. Like, hey, listen, mom of a six-year-old, I need you to bring your six-year-old to this gym on a Saturday when it's 88 degrees and sunny and don't go to the beach. I can't tell you if you're going to have any free time at all. Maybe you're here for five hours. Maybe you're here for eight hours, you know, and now it's like, nope, just like any youth soccer game, baseball game, any of that stuff. Nope. You are from here to here. Get your kid in, get them as many matches as they want. Get gone. Yeah, man. I, I loved it. Like I said, that's what I got my kids into. Um, that's been their introduction into wrestling and, Man, I love it because it's very. I I used. Uh, I'm a big chess player, so I'm on Chess.com a lot, and like it's just like rating systems. You mm-hmm. know, if I got if I hopped on and every time I played, I was playing like a state champion or a national champion or someone that's just gonna obliterate me. I'm not gonna play, but the matches are suited to where it's competitive, and I'm like, man, that's where it lies, because it's a, like you said, it's a hard sell because it's a tough sport until they get that first win until they get that first competitive match, then that's when they start buying into it. And I love the metal format that Jason had set up or, um, or the, that setup where you have to win four matches. So if you're, if you know, it's every match is competitive, winning four matches is a, you know, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Whereas you might go to a tournament and in your weight class, there's three or four guys that, you know, aren't up to your experience level and you just like walk away with four pins you know, and like you said, you travel all this time to get maybe like because I can remember we would go, you know, my dad and I would go to so many different tournaments and there'd be like either nobody there or just nobody and nothing against them just up to my level of competition. And, you know, I w- we were in a great position where like we knew the coaches were like, hey, my dad, like, hey, can can Jordan wrestle this kid that's like 30 pounds heavier than them? And they'd be like, yeah, <laughs> sure. So it's the exact same thing. You know, technology finally just caught up to a point where we can really you know, grow the sport. And like I said, I think it's a great, I think it's such a great way to get young kids that have just started, get them attached to the sport, you know, get them really invested in it um, with getting them those, those wins early. Um, so, man, um, speaking of the war zone, um, I know that the Lake City one just went down uh, last Saturday. Um, did Florida High have any people there? Um, did you see any, any great competition or any good names there? Um, so yes, we, we had a handful of kids go over to compete. We had three elementary school athletes, 
one middle schooler and one high school. Um, you know, it, it's like I said earlier, and like you mentioned, it it does it does both things. It doesn't just find good matches for the good kids, but it it finds matches for those not so good kids and the kids that need extra matches. It keeps them from going to and out. You know, and so even those new to wrestling athletes have that opportunity to to find their huckleberry, so to say, right? So you know, if you lose and lose and lose, like at some point, even if you lose all matches all day, you're gonna get a match or two that's super competitive. And if that right there, I I joke all the time when I try to get kids to come out for the sport. I'm like, look, here's what I need you to do. I need you to practice for about. For about a week, week and a half, two weeks, I need one Netflix series. That's what I tell them. I need 10 hours. I need one Netflix series, and then I need you to compete one time against somebody from another school. And when you compete, win or lose, you're going to love the sport or you're not going to love the sport. And so putting them in a situation where they're most likely going to find some level of success obviously is going to help them even more like the sport. It at least helps your chances a ton. Yeah, Clay, I want to circle back around to something that you said, and I believe you hit the two big nails on the head. One is you have to create some kind of confidence level in the in the athlete themselves. Or like you said, they go into a tournament, they go to and out, they get demolished, they sit around all day long for that endeavor, and then they're discouraged. And I think equally as important is – is having that that network buy-in, the parents, uh, the people that support the wrestler, because you know they're going to be the vehicle for literally and figuratively for that that athlete's success. So if they're bought in, and then like you said, the the wrestler himself or herself is is in a competitive realm. They're not just getting demolished and demoralized. That I think are, those are I think are the two keys to retention in our sport. And as you said, starting them at the elementary school level and then having them progress because you know as well as anybody to compete at the high school level, the, the upper level high school level, you have to start early. And that really could be said for any any sport these days because if you don't have that specialization at the at the lower level, you're really kind of um, hamstrung at the at the elite level. So um, I think we have a good thing going and, and thank you for, you know, hosting and being involved and, and making sure that your, your kids are there. So I do want to, um, I do want to come back around to, you know, you hosting tournaments and you do host a, a very fine tournament the first week of um, really the first week of the year that, that first week of December. So talk a little bit about what you got going on that first weekend. All right, so we host the Cam Brown Classic. Um, Cam is a young man that wrestled for me. Uh, he came out as a sophomore, um, was a was a three-time state qualifier, two-time state placer. Um, you know, was a state finalist his senior year, and we'll 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 talk a little bit about that, I'm sure, later on. Um, but we've I've had this tournament pretty much ever since we started the program. I've moved the date around a little bit here and there, and so probably like. Eight years ago, maybe nine years ago, I moved it to that first weekend in the year, um, and I really like the round-robin format, um, and when Cam passed away about five years ago, um, he, he 
made me promise. Um, one of the things that him and I talked about was he, he made me promise that I would never let people forget who he was and how he fought uh, cancer. For people who don't know, he, got, he found out he had uh, osteosarcoma, bone cancer, uh, not long after, um, he wrestled in the state finals. He wrestled in the finals with bone cancer. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, but his resolve and and the way that he fought with a smile on his face and all of the things that he stood for was, was such a phenomenal story. And then you take that and you top it with the fact that he was one of those unbelievable kids that could do what I call code switching. So he could, he could have a conversation with peers that are his age, his level and be the most talked to person in the room, you know, and then he could switch and have a conversation with us as adults. And it would be the same thing where people would gravitate to listen to him and talk to him. And he had this incredible ability to make everybody think that they were his best friend, just the way that he talked. And so he, he asked me, you know, coach, listen, if, if this doesn't work out, you know, if I don't, if I don't finish this fight the way we want, want me to finish, I want you to promise me that you'll never let people forget who I was and how I fought. And so I made a promise to him. Um, and so one of the first things that I thought of is I said, boom, this tournament that we host, We'll name it after him. Um, and so I talked to his parents and his family about it. That that first year was a very, very emotional one, um, obviously, you know. Um, and, and that first year, I even wondered whether or not it was too soon to have that named after him. But knowing how Cam was and what he wanted and how his family was, it was just, it was incredible. And every single year, his his parents come back, his family comes back. His nephew is a, is a first grader and wrestles for me in the elementary club. And so, you know, again, now it's just a another opportunity for me to continue to keep that promise to him. Uh, it's a round-robin tournament. The first tournament he ever wrestled in was the Border Wars over over in Pensacola, um, and he he went he went over. He did not win a single match. He went zero and eight. He got pinned in like six matches, and it's funny because I remember um, in the hallway after he was done, and it was his first tournament ever. After he was done, him crying on my shoulder because he hated losing so much that he 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 just said, I, I never want to feel like this again. I hate this, Coach Allen. Please don't let me feel like this anymore. And I told him then, you know, again, I like if, if I make a promise, he I told him, like, I promise you that if you do everything I tell you to do and you do it the way that I tell you to do, you will find success in this sport. You have all the other stuff. You have the athleticism. You have the strength. You have the will to win but if you do all these other things, you're going to be successful. And he ended up qualifying that year as a first-year wrestler. Um, and then, like I said, uh, placing two times after that junior and senior year and making it into the final. So now it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for me to just continue to keep that promise. I've got, I've got a few things in store this year. Um, now that we're about five years out, I've got some ideas on ways to – help double down on that promise. I'm waiting on some 
administrative approval before I kind of open the door on a lot of it, but I'm really excited about this year's tournament. Man, that's so cool. I, I, that's what I love about being able to have this conversation with people because then a lot of these tournaments have, you know, whomever memorial and you never, you just kind of get a, you know, you just get into the process of like, you know, knowing that that tournament's coming up and that's just the name of it. So it's really, because I didn't know the story behind that. I mean, I, we could do an entire episode just on that alone and who knows, we might because it, it, it very much highlights a lot of, you know, why wrestling is such a, you know, emotionally charged sport or you see so many, cause like, you know, my dad and I were talking about this the other day about how, um, you know, wrestling, people who wrestle just have a different type of love for their sport. Cause you have everybody like, you know, everybody, anything that you work hard at, you're going to have an attachment, but wrestling, wrestlers just have a different way. You know, it's like something they carry with them all the time, even after it's all after it's gone. So um, man, that's really like I said. We might we might have having to do an entire episode on um, on that tournament and the the story behind that. If you're okay with that, but you obviously have very uh, you know a lot of passion for the sport. Um, you know you you were I think my dad said that you were just you were still at Leon or Childs at my yeah, yeah. when I was when I when I won in '08 and then I went off and I kind of started got detached a little bit from the scene. You know, tell me how you got into it, um, maybe how you got into the coaching, you know, from, you know, wrestling to, you know, the coaching to where you are today as the, you know, the head coach of Florida High. So I had a very uncommon venture into the sport of wrestling. Um, I was a football guy. I'm a bigger guy. And so I was a football guy in high school. Um, and I will tell anybody that will listen to the story, because obviously one of the hardest things we have to do as a coach is we have to talk kids into doing something that's new. And so the first thing that I will tell them is I was not all about wrestling. When I was a freshman in high school, anything that you could say negative about wrestling, anything you've ever heard, any bad, like anything that you can think of negative that somebody could say about the sport of wrestling, I a thousand percent said, and I will own that as a freshman in high school. I was like, I'll never do that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, my sophomore year in high school, my football coach told me, Hey, if you want to play for me, you're going to wrestle. And I was like, I most certainly will not do that. And um, he just kept harping on me and telling me, like, if you're going to start for me next year, which which is what you want to do, like, you're going to be on the wrestling team. And as we would play different teams, he'd point out, you know, that guy right there, he wrestles. That's why he's good. That guy right there, he wrestles. That's why he's really good. And so still, though, I was super hard-headed all the way to the end. Um, you know, he, he told me after our last game, he's like, all right, bud, wrestling season starts on Monday. I'll see you in the wrestling room. And I'm like, no, you won't see me in the wrestling room. You will see me in the weight room or somewhere else. And, um, because of the person that I was, you know, I, I grew up where when an adult tells you to do a thing, like you do it, especially if it's a coach. Right. And so there I am on Sunday afternoon and I'm sitting on the couch and I just kind of yell out like, mom. We got to go to Academy Sports. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I need wrestling shoes. And she's like, what do you need wrestling shoes for? And I'm like, because I think I'm going to wrestle. And, um, you know, and so from there, typically speaking, a lot of people will tell you, you know, oh, they oh, I fell in love with the sport. I, I this, I that. And this is where, like, my story is very uncommon. I did not, I, like, even when I wrestled, one, I wasn't very good. And, and like, when I say not very good, I was never a state qualifier. I never qualified for the second day of the region. I won one match in the region one time. Um, 
And so I wasn't good at it. My team was really, really good. I went to Bishop Moore High School down in Orlando. Uh, David Manchon was my coach. So our team was really, really good. Uh, my senior year, we beat St. Cloud in a tournament, and that was the year that St. Cloud won a state title as a team. Um, so even though I wasn't very good and I, I was not crazy about the sport, I did it because I was told to do it one I knew it would make me a better football player too. And I loved my coach and my teammates. And I felt like I owed it to them to be a part of the team. And one of the things that Coach Manchon did for me is he said to me, because I lost, I lost a lot, a lot. And so what he would tell me all the time is, when we win, you win. And when we, we wrestled a lot of dual meets back then. And so, you know, oftentimes I would get forfeits because I was the only heavyweight and that would help our team. And like I said, I loved, I loved being a part of the team. One of the things that he really did so phenomenally was making us feel like we were a unit, something that, that, that worked together and we went through things together and I loved my teammates and I loved my coach and so that was why I wrestled in high school. I was not good at it. I, I was not overly fond of it, but I did it because I liked my teammates and I loved my coach. When I was a senior in high school, I made the decision that I wanted to be a coach. Uh, I was a football coach, obviously. I love football. And so I thought about, you know, all right, if I want to be a coach, what level do I want to be a coach at? I decided on high school and I started thinking about all the high school coaches that I've seen, met, whatever. They're all teachers, right? So there I'm like, okay, so I'm going to have to be a teacher. What do I want to teach? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't like English and I'm not a big fan of social studies. So those are out. I don't want to grade papers or check work. I love math, but I don't want to grade papers and all that stuff. So I was like, I'll be a PE teacher. That'll be easy peasy. Like I'll, I'll get my PE degree. Nobody tells me that PE jobs are impossible to find. Um, but basically, as I'm in college, I start coaching at Godby High School. Uh, Chuck Kilborn, who kind of is down in the Orlando, he's at Bloomingdale, I think. Um, now, uh, Chuck Kilborn was the JV football coach and the head wrestling coach. So I coached JV football that year. And when I found out that he was a wrestling coach, I told him like, look, I wrestled in high school. I wasn't very good, but I like, I'll help you if you need help. And coaching wrestling is what made me fall in love with the sport of wrestling. Um, just seeing the transformation that it made in Everybody involved, not just the super tall, super strong guys that had lots of success, the ones, the little bitty guys and the in-between guys and the strong guys that, that couldn't find their way into something else. It really was a sport that I found goes so closely with life where there aren't a certain set of attributes that's going to make you a better wrestler. Like, obviously, there are some that if you start with, you have an opportunity to start off with a head start. But if, if you don't do the things that you need to do over the course of a long time, you're not going to have the success. And so coach the Godby for two years, uh, moved over to Leon to coach with Chuck Ringle, who's still the head coach at Leon now. Um, went and was a student assistant for the Florida State football team. And that was where I kind of realized that I love wrestling more than I love football. Because here I am 
as a student assistant. And if you don't know how college coaching jobs work, you basically start as a student assistant, then you attach yourself to a grad assistant. That grad assistant gets a job, takes you with them somewhere. You end up being a grad assistant position coach and work your way through. And I'm sitting there the whole year, and it was it was super fun. I loved my time. I had a phenomenal time working for the football team. But I realized that it wasn't something that I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing, coaching football, and that I missed wrestling. I really missed coaching wrestling. And so I finished out that season and immediately called Chuck Ringle and I was like, hey, I know it's, you know, I know it's January, but I'd love to come back and help the guys that are still there. We're getting close to, to revving up for the postseason. Like, can I come back in the room? And I was able to do that. I uh, coached there for another year or two and then got over to Florida High. Um, started the program there. This is year 13 for us. Started the program at Florida High. Um, and so, you know, that's my that's my super long story of how I got into wrestling and the coaching. Hey, Coach, great stuff, man. You know, and everybody has a unique story on their exposure to wrestling. And then, in your case, you know, leading to a coaching position. And, man, kudos to you um, for what you've done at Florida High. I, I can only imagine what it's like to start a high school program and then have it progress as yours has progressed and I've had the good fortune to officiate many of your matches and it's obvious that you're very passionate about the sport you love your you love your athletes and I want to circle back around and just make a comment on the cam story I also had the good fortune of officiating several of his matches and what a what a great kid he was and what a great thing you're doing to you know, memorialize him and to keep his spirit alive. And, and, um, you know, this is, these are the stories of our sport that, um, really touch the heart. And as you were, as you were detailing, you know, his, his life and his passion and his strength, um, you know, I found myself getting a little emotional too, just because I sensed your emotion. And, you know, as a coach, you, you basically become surrogate fathers for these kids in a lot of ways. And they look at you the same way. And I'm sure it, well, I'm sure Cam did as well. So great job there, man. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to officiating that tournament every year as I have for several years, but, um, I do want to, um, ask you, you and I talked a little bit last week on the phone about your, um, your team last year, you know, how, how some of the individuals fared and what you see on the horizon as far as, um, you know, your, your team's um, perspective this year. So share a little bit of that with us, if you would. Um, so last year we were young, um, experienced, had a bunch of guys that have wrestled before. Um, and it was – I try to stay very clear and consistent with my message as a, as a coach, right, as adults – I feel like a lot of the times we we say way too much when we're talking to kids and trying to so it jumbles up the message. So I always try to talk uh, about about clear, concise things. And we talked a lot about about how you prepare and the things that you need to do. And it was something that last year's team it did it just it didn't take it didn't click it they it's almost you know some some kids I joke. You learn in one of three ways, right? You either have somebody 
tell you and you listen and you do what they say. That's the way that I was. Um, you have somebody tell you, you don't listen, exactly what they said was going to happen happens, and then you learn, right? And then you have those that are super, super hard-headed that don't listen and think that it was a matter of chance, like, oh, well, you know, they did say that if I did this, then that would happen, but maybe that was a, maybe that happened by chance and that there was no actual connection. And so last year, the young guys that I had, I think a lot of them were kind of in that realm of completely buying in. And so I told them all year, you know, you've got to figure this out. You've got to fix it. You've got to, you've got to fully do these things the way that they need to be done. Um, and right there at the end of the year, we ended up with six athletes that had an opportunity in the Concy semis and only two of them uh, punched the ticket through to the state tournament. And none of them, we're in one of those impossible to win matches, you know, one of those ones where the brackets get you all jacked up. They all had winnable matches. They all lost tough decisions, the ones that didn't lose. And, you know, to me, it just completely circles back to the things that I told them throughout the year about how they prepared. And when they were put in a position where had they done what they needed to do, they would have that success. And if they didn't, they wouldn't. Well, the ones that didn't, didn't have that success. And so ever since last year, I've continued to preach to understand that, that you've, you've, got to, you've got to be the people that learn, the athletes that learn by experience if you're not going to listen to somebody that's, that's you know, quote unquote, smarter than you, right? Like I, I, I can tell them till I'm blue in the face, but... If, if they don't learn from the experience that they had last year, um, then they're, they're doomed to repeat the same experience again this year. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what I'm, I'm excited about. I'm excited because it gives me as a coach the opportunity to continue to try to preach that message and hope that it sticks. Uh, we've got, again, a ton of talent. We graduated two athletes last year, only two, bring back two returning state qualifiers um, and four or three of the three of the four that didn't win in that in that blood brown match are back um, with a with a bunch of other young talent kind of working their way up. So again, we're still young and talented, and if they will buy in, you know, if they will do the things that they need to do, and and they know what those things are. Like if they will do those things, then they're going to have success. Um, one of the things that I love about, about where we are, which is going to sound backwards is we, we probably have actually not even probably, we have the toughest district in our region, um, between Suwannee, Wakulla, and then us, um, you know, Liberty County's in there now and they got some guys and we've got Mariana and, you know, again, so, but, but with the, with us, Wakulla and Suwannee who have been there for the last, 13 years, you know, since I, since I started, it is the toughest district in our region. And I like having a tough district and I like having a tough region because you know that if you get through or if you push through those, then when you get to that next level, it's kind of like you've all beaten up on each other. Well, now you have that opportunity to go against somebody who didn't have to go through those things. And so you know, that's, again, like backwards thinking for me. 
Um, you know, a lot of people are excited uh, about about Clay being out of our region. Um, you know, obviously, I listened to, to the, the conversation the other day. Clay moves up into the region with, with Mike and those guys. You know, but for me, I loved having those guys in our region because, again, you know that they're going to put 14 guys on the mat that are going to scrap, that you're going to have to fight and claw to get through. Um, and so, again, I, I look forward to the opportunity this year to, to seeing if we can learn those lessons and push through and find that success that these guys are, are talented enough to have. Well, man, I definitely agree with, you know, a lot of what you just said, uh, you know, specifically on wanting that level of competition in your district and region because, you know, everybody knows it. Iron sharpens iron, diamonds cut diamonds. You need that level. I feel like a lot of years, or at least, you know, the years that I was participating, you'd get a lot of kids that would, you know, get up a lot of wind. And they were very good kids, but I, you, I feel like they would get complacent. And then, and I was one of them. That's you near know, not to like, you know, discount myself. My dad was there, Matt side, seeing me go my freshman and sophomore year with all the capabilities in the world to play as a freshman and sophomore. Um, but just not being ready for the level of competition or not being ready for just the volume of level of competition um, or big match feels where. You know, for me, you know, it, like beating us, you know, beating a state qualifier was a big deal for us. And like, I'd be, I'd be able to wrestle like a state placer every now and then, but then you go down South and it's like, you're wrestling state placers, state champions every weekend. And it just gives you a different effect. So I'm definitely about that. Um, so you were just kind of telling me about that, um, how you guys are stacking up in the district. So, uh, what, any, any specific guys that you're looking at to get back to the show? Maybe, you know, place high, anybody that you think is a dark horse, return it this year. How's your girls program? Yeah, um, we've got, like I said, um, I, I honestly, looking at our lineup, I think, I think we have the potential um, for, for 10 qualifiers, um, you know, maybe 11 if, if we have, if people get in the right spots because, you know, you'll have two talented guys around the same spot or even maybe four for three spots and, you know, people have to find their way into the right spots. But again, um, you know, I always look forward to the year because it's, it's, it's also about where they, where they end up at the end of the year and how much gain can you ground over that, over that course of time. Our girls program is something that I'm especially excited about. Last year we had one girl on the team, um, Jalen Middleton, and she is a tough, 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 tough cookie. Um, and she ended up one match away from qualifying. She unfortunately caught that weird bracket situation where um, she lost in the quarters, and then she ended up wrestling in the match to qualify the girl who went on to win a state title um, because the the number one and number two the girls that wrestled in the state finals wrestled in the uh, semifinals of our region. So the loser of that dropped down, and that's who Jalen ended up wrestling to qualify for state. And like I said, a week later, that girl uh, wins the state title. And so, again, it's, it's a new challenge to, to try to figure out how to, how to recruit a whole new group of kids into the sport. But it's also exciting. Um, I have a daughter. And so, you know, my love for the sport has always been something that I want to share with my kids. 
Um, you know, my son wrestles, my daughter doesn't. Um, and I've always kind of been like, I'm not going to push it, I'm not going to push it. But girls wrestling is so cool because now you're giving girls the opportunity to compete against each other and 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 find that same love for the sport and learn all of those lessons that that we all love about the sport and they get to do it against other girls um which again it's it's one of the fastest growing sports in the nation and like i said now that i have a daughter it's like all right cool she's in second grade so i've got about 8 years to get this thing up and rolling and then hopefully try to get her to hop in at some point along the line you know but again knowing that she now has that opportunity as a girl to go out and compete against other girls is uh is just super cool super cool that that they that girls now have their own space in in the wrestling world whereas in high school at least that wasn't necessarily the case so really excited about about the the girls wrestling this year too well i mean it's such an easier sell too um you know when you now that we know like that's a demographic we're going after and it's like hey you guys are going to be on the mat with only girls. Or you girls, how you know, you know, if I may be correct, you girls are going to be on the mat with only girls. You know, I, you know, just the volume that we're going to be able to get out. You know, I see, because I'm a, I'm a instructor over at uh, Niceville Wrestling Academy, and you know, we're starting to get our, we're moving into new facility, have bigger stuff, and we're looking forward to getting a girls only like program going up. And I, because I can see, you know, um, you know, some girls that come in, they're interested, and then. Their only part that they're hesitant about, and it's understandable. I get it. So I mean, if there's any way that we can do it, but you know, I feel like that's going to be something that really explodes the the numbers. Like you said, it's a fast and grow, growing sport. So that fastest growing section, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of um, you know really big things coming out, both from women's wrestling and it just pushing up the sport together as a whole. So you know, I'm super excited on that front. Yeah, Clay, um, I want to go back to what you were talking about, that tough district. And and as you stated, and we know that, you know, if you are just, you know, wrestling easy matches and getting easy wins, you know, that really doesn't prepare you. So I think it's it's certainly advantageous for you to have the likes of Wakulla. And, of course, Will's created a great thing down there. And Swanee and their, you know, their long and story tradition with, you know, Laxton and, and John's over there now and, and so, yeah, I think that's a great philosophy on, um, you know, welcoming that competition because you know and I know those teams are going to be at the state tournament, and you very well may wrestle one of those guys again. I mean, who knows how it all works out, you know? I think you uh, – I remember the state tournament a couple of years ago. I can't remember the competitor you had in there, but um, – you know, I know you wrestled a, a Swanee wrestler in the in the state. I don't, I can't remember what round it was. Maybe quarters. I, I can't remember, but I, uh, I think is it was it Ganem? Was was that who it was that wrestled? Um... You're, it's the uh, it's the Concy the Concy uh, the Concy quarters the blood round at state uh, two years ago. And yes, uh, it was it was Amel Ganem uh, had to wrestle Tyson Musgrove. Um, Tyson is now up at Campbell wrestling, I believe. It was when Tyson was a junior. Um, and those guys had had, I believe, two two matches up to that point, um, and Amel, Amel had lost both of them. Um, 
you know, he had lost to him at a tournament over at Fleming Island, and then he also lost to him in the district finals. Um, and both of them were super close matches. And like I said, so they're wrestling each other in the in the Concy quarters, the 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 match to get you to the Concy Sims, the old school blood round um, before they added the seventh and eighth place. And so they had a barn burner. It was such a good match. And it was it was an incredible match to be a part of, right? So when we when we talk about the sport and, and the things like sometimes I like to try to take myself out of the out of the match and think about it from an outsider standpoint, right? And it's gonna sound like I'm saying this because Amel won, but just being able to watch that match and watch those guys just get after it for for the whole match and it to be super close. And I think Amel had to hold on and not give up an escape to get the win. And it was just a super fun match. And then probably the, the best part of that whole match is immediately after Tyson comes over, you know, him and Amel have wrestled each other and wrestled tough matches. And, you know, so of course they, they talk to each other immediately after the match. And then Tyson comes over to me and I don't know that Tyson and I had ever had more than five words to each other before this, but he comes up and he just says, Coach, if anybody was going to beat me to, to place at the state tournament, I'm glad it was him. And that was just one of those things where it's like, man, like, you know, it, it's not about the, the winning and losing and, and all that other stuff. Like, this young man truly gets it, right? Like, he understands and appreciates the competition. And even in a loss, uh, you know, appreciates the opportunity to be a part of that match and to give gratitude back, not only to the athlete that he wrestled against, but then to the coach who coaches that wrestler. Um, you know, so I made sure to walk over to Tyson's dad and to, and to Coach Wainwright and just tell them, like, you guys are doing a great job, man. I don't, I don't know how you raised them, but that right there is how I want mine to be when he grows up. Because, again, like, you just lost a crushing, crushing match. Uh, you know, that, that probably kept him from, uh, from achieving goals that he had set for himself. And instead of him sulking in self-pity and running off and crying or throwing things or breaking things, he immediately comes over to me and says, you know, coach, if anybody was going to do it to me, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to do it and that he is able to place as a senior, you know, I'll, I'll have my opportunity to do this again next year. And he did, um, you know, but again, it's, it's one of those things that just really, reinforces your love for the sport because it's not just it's not just the kids that you coach but it's the other kids that you get to meet and interact with and talk to that really make the journey so much fun yeah coach I think if you go back and watch that footage of the district match that you're talking about I believe yours truly officiated that match and I remember I remember that there was some blood in that match and it was a it was a long very very intense match and 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 I love I love officiating those matches where they're getting at it. You know, you don't have to worry about uh, warning a kid for stalling or I mean they they are they both had tremendous motors and they were they were really really going at it. And I I remember that match I really do. And um, I don't I don't I didn't know that um, you know Musgrove had come over and said that to you, but I'm not surprised. I know his father personally and. And of course, you know, I've been associated with that program for, for quite a while. And 
Um, I, and I do remember the state match too. I don't think I officiated that one, but I was Matt's side and watched it. So, um, again, that's just a, that's just a, a, a tribute to you and, and, you know, how you've coached those kids up and, um, and, you know, good, as you said, you know, those kinds of moments, um, are really what makes, I think our sport very unique because aside from, you know, aside from the obvious intimate interaction on the mat, there's just an emotional attachment that comes with having that kind of competition. Whereas, you know, other sports, I think don't really have that element in them. So, um, but I do want to, um, I do want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, you've been involved in the sport for a long time and you've discussed your journey and you've been in it for, for quite a long time. And I could probably guess what the answer to this question is. But, you know, throughout your coaching career, um, tell us some of your fondest memories as a coach to date. So this one, this one was a funny one in our talking points when I kind of looked at this morning. Um, you know, I, I have always, will always uh, constantly talk about how this sport is not about winning and losing. And when I, when I try to get kids to come out for the sport, I don't talk about the success that they're going to find on the mat. I talk about the person that they're going to become in the, in the journey of, of figuring out how to wrestle um, you know, I think anybody can teach somebody how to wrestle. I, I really do. Again, YouTube, the internet, flow wrestling, it's really not that difficult to learn how to wrestling. So when we think about why we do what we do, you know, if, if all I did was coach athletes to wrestle, then I think that, that my existence as a coach would be incredibly hollow. Um, I don't think that I would get a whole lot out of that. Um, and I don't think that I would enjoy doing that if, if all I did was worry about winning and losing. Uh, years ago, I remember thinking that, um, you know, if, if, if winning and losing is the goal, most of the time you're, you, it's going to end in a loss, right? You only have, you only have now, now, now four uh, kids in each, in each weight and each classification that get to win their final match. The rest of them all end in a loss. And so if it's about winning and losing – um, you know, it, 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 they'll, they'll get, um, it'll, it'll end in a loss. Right. And so, um, I could sit here and talk about the, the winning and losing. And then I remember that I got a little off track from your initial question. Remind me again, cause I knew where I was going and then I got tripped up. No, what were your, uh, just again, just, it doesn't have fondest memories. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. All right. Here we go. Got it. Um, so, right. So for me, when I think of fondest moments, I don't think about moments that I had with an athlete on the mat. I think about the different experiences that I've gotten to have with kids that are off the mat. Tom Ryan was quoted as saying, um, you know, that he doesn't judge, he'll never judge his coaching career based off of the wins and the losses, but it's off of the relationships that he has with his athletes five, 10, 15 years down the line, right? And so for me, it's, it's the things that, that I try to do with the athletes outside of the sport of wrestling, the relationships that you get to build 
and you get to see kids grow up like literally and figuratively in front of you. So for me, it's, it's the hair dyeing party that we do every year when we dye our hair red. And it's the, the story about that. It's the hosting cams tournament, um, and giving kids a shirt at Disney duels that has the super cam C on it because it gives us that opportunity to tell Cam's story. It's the, the, the bowling. Um, I like to take our kids bowling randomly throughout the year. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll come in for a break practice and, you know, everybody will get their shoes on and, you know, I'll, I'll look at everybody and go, you know what, let's just go bowling instead today. Right. Because again, if, if it was about winning and losing, like, yeah, absolutely. We got to practice. We got to practice hard and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, let, let's, let's also have fun while we do this. Um, Every year, the first Friday of the year, um, practice-wise, I bring the kids over to the house. Um, we have a pool at my house, and so, you know, it's it's usually real close to almost too cold. Wrestlers are a little crazy anyway, so they all are hopping in the pool when I cook up hot dogs and hamburgers. Um, that's how we do our banquet, too. Um, you know, we don't have a formal banquet. We have everybody over to the house. We cook. You know, we give out awards and things like that. But again, for me, my fondest memories are things that happen away from the wrestling mat because the the winning of the matches and, and even the losing of the matches, like that's just going to happen for anybody that coaches, right? And so what makes your experience special? And it's all of the things outside of the the competing and the 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 matches themselves that that I love, you know, it's, it's watching a former athlete of mine, um, Drew Hostetter, uh, who was a phenomenal kid, uh, you know, had plenty of success on the wrestling mat, but watching his journey after he graduates from high school, trying to figure out who he is and what he wants to do with his life. And now he's a trainer and then getting invited to his wedding, you know, and being able to be there with him, um, and, you know, even standing up there as a groomsman for him at his wedding, you know, and that's that, that making that, um, connection with him. And just recently he announced that they're pregnant and just seeing them grow up and have their own lives and, and hopefully thinking like maybe, maybe something I did or said somewhere along the line, like sticks in there a little bit, uh, to a point that it, that it does truly help them. And it's, it's just so much fun to watch them after the sport, we uh, we do a Christmas practice every year, which isn't really a practice anymore at all. Um, we ask the alumni to come back. And so the room's open and some wrestling shoes get put on sometimes. And usually it's the it's the newly graduated kids um, that want to get back on the mat and beat up on on the older the older kids that are still competing. Um, you know, but again, it's, it's, it's the Drew Hostetters, it's the athletes that come back and give back to the sport too, right? Um, I'm lucky enough to have four, four or five guys that come back in the room and help me out, which means a lot to me because they found a love for the sport to the point that it meant enough for them to come back and give back to the program, um, and so again, it's, it's all of the things outside of the sport that, that really, um, are, are the fondest memories that I have. Cause to me, the, the winning and the losing is going to happen, right? It, it's the old adage of every, every, every day, half the people are going to win and half the people are going to lose. 
right? And so if that's all we focus on, at least for me, then you're going to lose in the end. And if, if that's all I did, then I, I don't think that I would enjoy coaching nearly as much as I do. All right. So um, those are some pretty good memories. And I know, you know, one as a wrestler and then now as a coach that, you know, there's a lot of bad memories involved with the good memories on all sides of it. So, um, you know, do you have any, you know, not so fond memories in your, um, you know, your long coaching career? Right. So um, we were talking just a bit before this, and I don't know if you'll include it in the podcast, but um, there, there are a bunch of things that you could point at uh, both on and off the mat, right? So you would think that Cam passing away um, would, be a, would be a super sad um, part of my coaching journey, but it's actually quite the opposite. Um, I try to look at all the things that we do and try to find the, the happiness in it, right? And so I was asked to speak at Cam's um, not funeral, right? So Cam, before he passed, said, like, I don't want a funeral. I want a party. I don't want people coming and crying about me passing away. Like, I want people to be laughing and to have a good time. And he asked me to speak. He was like, Coach, I want you to speak because I know that you'll do a good job. And so thinking about, you know, what what do you say, right? What do you say at a 18-year-old's funeral who passed away from, from cancer, and I think about, you know, the, the message that I had was, how, how lucky are we, right? So Cam's journey into the sport of wrestling, um, you know, his, his sophomore year when he got into Florida High, I guess he was a pretty good soccer player. Cam was probably going to be good at anything that he did. So his sophomore year playing football, he broke his leg. And I had been trying to get him to come out for wrestling, but I guess, again, he was a pretty good soccer player. And he went to the doctor and asked them, um, you know, when he, when he finally got cleared, and, you know, should I wrestle or should I play soccer? And the, the, the doctor said, you know, you probably have a, a less chance re-injuring that leg if you play, if you play soccer um, or if you wrestle instead. And so... After he qualified his senior year or his, his sophomore year, I, I asked him, like, hey, what made you what made you come out for wrestling? And I'm thinking he's going to tell me some story about how Coach Allen's so cool and he loved the sport of wrestling. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I broke my leg and the doctor told me that I probably had a better chance of re-injuring it if I played soccer. So I wrestled. Right. And so that bad thing that happened and Cam breaking his leg gave me the opportunity to meet him and to get to know him and to coach him and to watch him grow as a human being. And then even, even with him fighting cancer, seeing his resolve and thinking to myself, like, that's how you fight adversity right there. It doesn't matter if it's cancer or if you're having a hard time at work or at home. You know, that's how you fight. You fight with, with just constant pressure coming back at whatever it is that's going against you. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of, uh, I, I don't know if you're a country music fan, uh, but I like, like a song by Garth Brooks called The Dance, right? And, you know, he talks about, um, he talks about a, a sad, a sad moment in his, in his life with, you know, obviously a girl that he dated and he talks about, you know, and it's not really clear if she if she passed away or if they just broke up and it was just a bad breakup. But he talks about um, 
he could have missed the pain. And this is the one that, that sticks with me, right? I could have missed the pain, but I would have had to miss the dance. And again, like I think about the pain that, that seeing Cam pass away causes. But if I had to trade the dance, the, the, the time that I did get to spend with him, I wouldn't trade that for anything at all. And, you know, that that's something that I actually come back to a lot of times. We Cam, Cam lost in the state finals. Um, you know, he was winning. Uh, he made a mistake um, and and then compounded that mistake again and, and lost in a match that he was winning in the third period. And, you know, that that's one of those things where it's like, all right, if this had gone differently and you had just never wrestled, is my life the same now as it would have been if that hadn't happened, right? And so it's the same thing. I've had. I've been lucky enough to have two athletes in the state finals. Um, a couple years ago, I had I had another one lose in the. Uh, there are the dogs and the kids. Um, I had another one lose in um, in the state finals in a match that he was winning. He made a mistake. Same deal. Made a mistake. Got put on his back and pinned. And when I was thinking about, you know, what do you say, what do you say to these kids when things like that happen? And, and what I told them was, is I found a picture um, that somebody took of me right when he won his semifinals match. And it's a, it's a, I'm all bearded up. I got my red hair and it is just a picture of utter elation. And, and I think about that moment and I, and I said to that athlete, like, buddy, if you had told me, like, all right, you, you take third place instead of making it to the finals and losing, um, but I don't get to have that moment right there in the semifinals of you winning, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade the sad parts of the bad things if it means that I have to lose the, the good parts, right? Because there is so much good that that came of, of, of both of those instances, you know, with with Cam passing, and there's just, like I said, that, that song's so perfect, right? Like, I could have I could have missed the pain. I could have missed out on having to watch him struggle and fight, and I could have missed out on watching him pass away, right? But then I'd have had to miss the dance. I'd have had to miss getting to know that tremendous kid. I wouldn't have that opportunity to use the things that I learned from him to hopefully help mold and and make a difference in somebody else's life and if and if that's the trade-off then I'm not trading those things you know I'm not trading them for anything because again it's it's so like just the 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 whole all of it is just awesome like being able to be a part of Cam Brown's life and and him being a part of my life was was so rewarding that the ending was sad but that's really the only part of it that was sad. There's so much more that that was so incredible that that I wouldn't have traded for absolutely anything in the world. Period. Wow, uh, man, Coach, that's that's some good stuff, man. Um, very well said, and and you know I'm sure Jordan feels the same way. We can we can feel and sense your passion for what you're doing. And, you know, not to belabor it and piggyback too much on what you said, but um, it shows and you're certainly a, a credit to our sport and, you know, you are affecting young people's lives and I think you will continue to do so and, and 
they're better people because of who you are and the way you express yourself and the 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 passion and love that you feel for them. So, um, again, we don't want to take up too much of your time, so we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this up. And I have a final question that I'm sure Jordan's going to edit out once he uh, once he finishes. But in in your career as a as a, as a coach, um, who would you say is your most favorite official? So that makes me think of, of a question that I get all the time in the classroom, right? Kids ask you like, oh, who's, who's, your, who's, your, who's your favorite student, Coach Allen? And my stock answer to this all the time is, is that, guys, I, I don't have a favorite student. I dislike all of you equally, right? And so um, I've been thinking about how to answer this one, right, John? And that one, that one fits hey, so Dad, perfectly. Hey, can so- make sure you quote him on that whenever there's a blown call at Florida High and be like, hey, you love us all <laughs> equally. Remember that. There you go. So now again, um, John, you know, man, like, you know how much I love you officiating your, your communication on the mat is, is second to none, man. Like those, the kids that are wrestling when they're on the mat, when you're officiating, never have a doubt about what's going on or what you see or why you see it. Um, you're not afraid to have a conversation as long as it's a conversation, Right. Like like me and you have had many conversations at the table and, you know, you're never you're never too big to say like, hey, this is what I saw, Clay. You know, what do you what do you got? What do, what's your question? And I ask a question. And you're like, all right, well, this is how I saw it. Blah, blah, blah. Anything else? You know, again, you're not um, dismissive, uh, you know, and, and I love that about you. And again, there's only there's only there's only two refs in this world that I've ever had help out with my wrestle-offs and you're one of them. So that probably answers your question. Yeah, I'll give my dad that. He does put in a lot of time in the extra, you know, in the off off part of it. Um, man, Clay, we it was so such a pleasure to have you on. Like I said, I'm glad that I got to know you a little bit more and hear a lot about more about that story, about the the, the tournament, um, how you came came to wrestling. Um, man, we appreciate your time. We will we'll let you get back to the kids and the pets that are, you know, I'm sure they're ready to get their uh, their daddy back. Yep. So, um, man, I look forward to seeing you at the tournaments. You know, if you have any other events or anything, man, send them over to me so I can, uh, you know, so we can push them out. You know, remember the the Florida High's got the Cam Cam Brown tournament, Cam Brown Memorial tournament coming December second and third. Going to be a strong tournament, and uh, you know, can't wait to see the action there. Yep. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you later, Clay. See ya. He's a good cat. I like him. Yeah, man, I thought that was great stuff. I mean, yeah, Clay is, you know, he's not, you know, he's not to the level that Crowder is or Laxton or all that. But, I mean, he's uh, he's doing it for the right reasons. And I think that really, I think that really came across in his comments. And you could really, especially when he was talking about Cam, you can, you can feel the emotion. And, and I can only imagine those experiences that he had. You know, which I think in the big picture for him is only going to make him become a much better coach than he is right now because, you know, those real life human things that he's had to deal with.
Thank you for joining us again here at the North Florida Wrestling Show. We want to thank Coach Clay Allen for spending some time with us, telling some stories, and touching our hearts just a little bit. Make sure you tune in this Friday for a special double-sized episode with Jason Westlager from Grappling House in Tallahassee and Jason Layton, the mind behind the Warzone software that is taking the wrestling world by storm. Make sure you tune in.